you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Previously on DDFP. How do you rate yourself among all the people you know? Are you in the, your own top 10, top 5, top 25? Man, that, what a good question. Man. Yeah. You've really stepped it up with this new studio and these new questions, man. Do you think you're going to heaven? I get to uh, customs and um, a man tells me that you're not allowed to bring pork cupcakes into, <laughs> into the United States. And he threw it in the trash. What? I couldn't believe it. That is an outrage. I want this officer's name. Who would play you in a movie? Denzel Washington. Denzel. Hi and hello football fans, it's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. what's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program presented as always by McDonald's breakfast all day. I'm loving it. Everybody's loving it. Who wouldn't like it unless you're a curmudgeon? Who, who wouldn't want the freedom to say I'm going to have a breakfast even though it's 6 p.m. at night? Do it. That's who, you know, who I know is loving it, and they love talking about pro football. Let's break down week six right now with them. Quickly, before we get to the two guys seated to my immediate left here in Studio 66, let me tell you what's coming up on the show. Ike Taylor, Maurice Jones-Drew, Handsome Hank and I get together out on the fancy stage in just a couple of minutes here to talk about Cam Newton's MVP candidacy. We also have an apology from A.J. Hawk to Maurice Jones-Drew. We'll see how that plays out. MJD is going to tell us, you know, the phenomenon of being in a zone isn't just for perimeter shooters in the NBA or quarterbacks. No, MJD contends that running backs can also find themselves in the zone. He's going to tell us which runners are in it currently. And the Sheck Report's coming up. Plus, I caught up with the Late Late Show's James Corden. We'll have that for you as well. Now, though, let's say hello to the two fellas seated to my immediate left. First of all, the host of the tremendous Around the NFL podcast, also one of the generators of the terrific pages you read seven days a week, all the pro football news for your consumption. As always, delivered with a bit of mirth, it's Stan Hansus. What's the poop, fella? I like that. Not writers. Not columnist, content generator. That's right. That's right. Also, very another, 2015. One, another one of those fellas. Hanzoos is feeling very good these days, of course, because he's a New York Jetropolitans fan. So he is riding high. The guy way over there at the end of the table, though, has no pro football team to speak of. Maybe he wants to amend that now. It's Chris Wessing. What's the poop with you, fella? The team of around the NFL is the Arizona Cardinals, so I do have a team. I suppose that's true, but do you have any thoughts now, week six through undefeated Cincinnati Bengals? That's your team. That's your natural team, of course. It is. It's like an ex-wife. You know, they were once upon a time, you know, my paramour. But I've, you know, they left me at the yeah, altar. Yeah, but when you split, she got a little <laughs> heavy set. She got to, she, she had the ill-conceived short haircut that she went with. She was a train wreck when you split. Now, and now she's a fox. Now, now the Bengals are 1983 Christy Brinkley. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. So do you feel bad about this? Are you I, worried about this? I don't feel badly about it, but I will say I don't recognize these Bengals at all. They appear to have totally different DNA than they've had That's a good really way of since at I've it, been yeah. alive. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know who this is. I, I, I don't see the I, association. Also, it's like our... Rutger Hauer in Nighthawks, if you ever saw that, with <laughs> Sly Stallone. Never and heard of it. Nighthawks. You've never heard? How about you, Dan Hans? Of course. I know Stallone's entire catalog. Thank you. I was a f- a thank goodness. Uh, the uh, Lando Calrissian and Sly Stallone get together to make Nighthawks, mm-hmm. and there's a terrorist in it who's just a middle-aged guy from Europe somewhere, and then halfway through the movie, he undergoes plastic surgery, and he emerges as Rutger Hauer. It's fascinating. Speaking of Lando Calrissian, we've seen... A new Star Wars trailer, and who better to talk about that with than Han Zeus and Westling, two of the chief curmudgeons. Hey, congratulations. You and Chris Berman are on the same page. Chris Berman, if you saw Monday Night Football at halftime, was too cool for school. He's so cool, he couldn't even toss to the Star Wars trailer. He had to toss it back to Mike Tirico at the game to set up the trailer. No, 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 not, not on my watch. Not, not. Philadelphia Eagles, the New York football giant. Look, Lando Calrissian is a, not a Jedi, but I'm not going to introduce this because I'm too cool. That's fair. You can push us into the same category with Chris Berman, but you are in the same category with Trekkies now. I mean, I, in the same, I, I couldn't hear you there because Black Tie talked right as you were speaking there. Oh, I'm just telling, tell the people to join the conversation, hashtag DDFP. Oh, hashtag DDFP. I Please didn't do. hear what you said there, was. I there. said, if we're in the same category with Berman, you're in the same category with Trekkies. I have no problem with the Star no. Wars folk, by the way. And it's like, even like Fabiano and Claybon were having, they were nerding out about like, when's Luke Skywalker going to show up in this movie? And I'm fine with it. It's just that it's all around me. I can't avoid it. And now it's in, invading my football experience. As a non-Star Wars guy, it's, I'm not like making fun of the Star Wars fans. Just like, I don't need it everywhere all around me. I hear you, but do you feel obliged? In fact, I saw on Monday night that Dan Hanzoos tweeted about it. Why the need to announce that you're not interested? That's just a troll. I see. Okay. Because <laughs> I appreciate Star Wars the fans honesty. are funny in that they, their biggest thing they get upset about is people that are not Star Wars fans expressing that they don't like Star Wars. So you get a ton of tweets like, so just avoid it, man. Or so why are you tweeting about it? And it's like there's a real, I don't know, it's a very self-conscious thing. I don't it's know why. Angst. It's fun. Now, listen, I find it myopic, that, or, or my, uh, if that's what you are apathetic about, Star Wars isn't a part of your thing, the, the need to take to social media to announce, hey, world, stop everything. I'm not interested in this, <laughs> just care. so you know. That's All right, a, I, I'm that's, noted now. Twitter is used to share your, your thoughts on things with your followers, and my thoughts were very simply, I don't care. Should I, should I then tweet that I've never read Proust? Is that something that the world needs to hear? Well, that's not relevant right now. I but see. Star Wars is unfortunately the most relevant thing in the history of society. All right, let's Here's get what in. I don't get, real Go quick. Ahead. Haven't all the Star Wars fans agreed that the, all the most recent Star Wars have been terrible? Yes, but those... So why the excitement? There's talk hope. about ill-conceived, like your ex-wife's uh, haircut, your non-existent wife's haircut. The prequels were ill-conceived, universally panned, except by Ike Taylor, who apparently liked... Uh, <laughs> Jar Jar Binks, or as he calls him, Jaja. I, I like Jaja. I don't want to get banged on Twitter. I hope the movies are good. I hope everyone ex- enjoys the Star Wars experience. It's just not for me. That's all, it. All I want to say about it is, and we don't need to dig in, you can obviously find the trailer. I'm sure you've seen it uh, 15 times over if you care at all about it. I am very excited about the fact that Han Solo isn't just in the movie as we saw hit previously. We knew he was in it, but he's in it. Like He's obviously, if you look at the trailer, he's all over this thing. Chewbacca, Solo equals solid gold. All right, now, speaking of solid gold, tro- pro football 2015. So far, the season has been grand. We have all those undefeated teams. We have the Jets coming out of nowhere. Mm. Let's talk about it all, and let's start with the Monday night football game. It wasn't a very good one. You know, I, it occurred to me that people love to bellyache, talk about bellyache, and people love to denounce Thursday night football quietly, a nice gaggle of games so far this season. For the most part, there have been some entertaining games. And Monday night, pretty juicy stuff too. So this was actually, it stood out to me watching the game on Monday. Whoa, this is rare that the game is just a bum game. There's been two bad primetime games this year. Both NFC East games. That is not a coincidence. Moratorium and NFC East showdowns in primetime until these teams get better. Giants have been a boring team since I've been alive. 
Even when they're good, they're boring. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, that's a fun way of, uh, of thinking about things. In fact, I saw the boss, Greg Rosenthal, put out his list of most enjoyable teams to watch. It was wildly inaccurate, but it was a good idea. But who, who did he have number one? You have to understand that Greg loves bad quarterbacks. <laughs> it's, it's a head-scratching way to look at things, but he, the Broncos are number one on his list, and they have one of the worst quarterbacks but in the league. Wes also contradicts himself a little bit because he says the Giants are the most boring team, but Odell Beckham is his boyfriend, if we're going to stick with the, the metaphors with lovers. Even football. Odell Beckham can't raise that boat. He's not been as exciting this year. That's true. What about, uh, you know, and, and but the Giants in that division, and you talk about the NFC East, really it's a, it's a two-horse race in my book, and we identified this about three weeks ago, that every year you have that one bum division that's going to get a, a, a playoff spot, even though no one in the division de- deserves it. But and it, and it is the phenomenon of the 21st century because of the way they now schedule these teams. If you have a lesser division now pitted against a division that collectively is good, you're going to have like three out of four losses for each of those teams playing a better division. Ergo, this is going to happen each year. The two candidates for the worst division, the NFC East and the, uh, and the AFC South, which is worse right now? I think the AFC South is worse. Yeah, because at least in past years with the South, you had a solid Colts team, and now we don't even know if the Colts are any Colts good. Colts are a bad football everybody team. Everybody else stinks. Yep. Well, my my, or my preseason prediction of the Texans is still within reach because oh, of how geez. bad the Colts are. That's not because it's, I think the Texans are good. It's only it's because how bad they are. Because Brian Hoyer is much better than Ryan Mallett. I know. I'm going to have to pay Chris Wessling not one but two sandwiches. Two bets we made, sandwich bets. One, Ryan Mallett would start 12 games this year. That's looking bleak. And uh, the Denver Broncos won't make the playoffs even more bleak in spite of. You were coming from the right place, though, because you predicted that Peyton Manning would be a competitive disadvantage all year. And you have been proven. Worst QB in right? the NFL well, right now. Make, worst starting QB in the NFL. If you make that prediction NFL, every year. I like can't say does. that. Who's who's a worse starting QB than Peyton Manning right now? Who isn't for it? Not Landry Jones. I'm not. We're not talking about guys forced. We're not either. counting Ryan Mallett anymore. Ryan Mallett is not a starting I would quarterback. Take, so you can't. I would say. take Peyton Manning over Brian Hoyer. Okay, that's fair. I would take Peyton Manning over. Uh, I think Brian. Yes. Hoyer, I, and I'd also take I Peyton Manning Hoyer. over Colin Kaepernick still. All right, Colin Kaepernick's been playing well. Let's talk about the team that won the game on Monday night, the Eagles. And uh, two things stand out to me. Are you buying Chip Kelly's offense anymore now that DeMarco Murray goes for 100 yards or is Sam Bradford Bradford overwhelming things? I'm not buying them quite yet because they're still featuring the wrong running back. You know, DeMarco Murray had a really nice second half, by far the best he's played with the Eagles. But it's obvious to me the guy cannot move laterally whatsoever. Ryan Matthews is a much better fit for this offense, and he's averaging two more yards per carry than DeMarco Murray this year. Uh, And Sam Bradford is second only to Peyton Manning in interceptions. We thought this was a quarterback-proof offense, and Chip Kelly is really testing that theory with Sam Bradford. I thought Murray looked a lot better. He almost ran for 100 yards in the second half alone, and a lot of the runs that he had success with were up the middle, downhill running, which he should be doing. None of that stretch stuff that's going to lead to four-yard losses every time. But I, I think that, you know, despite the win and despite the fact that Bradford threw uh, for 280 yards and a touchdown or whatever, I think they got to get him out. I think it's time to put Mark Sanchez in the game and give the Eagles a real chance to get this thing straightened out on offense because Bradford's not the guy. I just don't see it. I absolutely agree with you about Bradford. What I don't agree with you about is Mark Sanchez being any better. We know what Mark Sanchez is, too. And we saw Mark Sanchez in this offense last year. As soon as you put him against a a legit defense, he falls apart. So I, I, I don't know where they go. I think you have to find out if Sam Bradford's your answer. I think you have to give him, I don't know, four or five more games just to see because they traded him with the idea that Nick Foles is not a franchise quarterback. Sam Bradford has a chance to be. So you have to figure out if that's true or not. Here's something that I said before the season started and people sort of laughed at this, but and and even over the last couple weeks, people don't really buy it. But because if you've been watching football for a quarter century or more, we associate good defense with dominance and just shut you down and smother you and don't let you put points on the board. But in the 21st century, something that we've been talking a lot about is now is this paradigm shift from that just shut you down, even the Seattle Seahawks. I guess the Broncos are doing it, but more importantly, they're scoring points. And that's what it's about in the 21st century. It's about playmaking. It's about taking the ball away, being disruptive in the pass rush. 
And the Eagles, even though people don't acknowledge this, are doing exactly that. They're scoring points. They're taking the ball away. They're not. They're certainly not the 85 Bears in, ter in terms of points against, but I think it's a pretty good defense. I think they have two of the best safeties right now going. And then I was really impressed by their pass rush uh, on Monday night. I know the Giants have a lot of problems, but Eli had no chance. He literally would get the ball, and by the time he looked up to see where Odell Beckham was, he was being smothered. So you put those, I know their cornerbacks aren't, aren't great, but uh, as, a, as a unit, I think they're certainly good enough to win games if they have a suitable offense. They have one of the best front sevens in the NFL. Fletcher mm -hmm. Cox said it in the offseason, and it's true. And Fletcher Cox is one of the big reasons why Benny, yeah. Benny Logan has emerged as a really good nose tackle, and you've got the linebackers are really good too. So this is, I think they're a top 10 defense. Yeah, and, and that should be enough, or shouldn't, I, I don't know if it is enough, but I feel like, and that's something I said a month ago, that's the best defense in the NFC East. I know Greg Hardy and Randy Gregory and all that sort of thing, but with the losses on the back end for Dallas, I said, I, it's not a great compliment to say I think you're going to win the NFC East this season, but I think the Eagles are going to have enough to end up stealing this thing, especially with the way the Giants looked on Monday night. All right, before we're, we're going to talk about who's going to get into the playoffs, I think week six is more than enough time to start recklessly speculating. Sure. So we're going to do that with Hanzoos and Wessling, but we have a lot of other stuff to get to. Real quick, before we jump to all that stuff, Dan Hanzoos, where do you rate yourself among all the people you know? You saw me ta ask it to A.J. Hawk. You and I were talking about this uh, in the newsroom the other day. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, on my Twitter, I have my human decency scale. Right. It was or, related to that. You asked me about that, and that's yeah. my version of it. I, I uh, hover between 7.3 and 7.5 out of 10. Uh, but there are definitely people that are better humans than me. I would put myself at a top 20, you said? Yeah, it's a, but it is funny, though, because your thing is sort of like golf, which is you're just playing, playing you know, this is it's how you measure uh, yeah, on yeah, your yeah. human decency scale, whereas my measure is against the field. It's a two, it's two ways okay. of skin in the cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm a, I'm a flawed person, um, but I'm okay. We all do. So I would put myself, yeah, in my like big circle of like closest people, I'm like between 15 and you know. Really, 15, 15 people ahead of you. Yeah. Chris Wessling, how say you? Yeah, I'd like to think that I'm a good person, but it's not necessarily. Are you? I, this has nothing to do. I mean, it can do with your own morality. It just has to do with where do you rank yourself, all things being uh, considered, as I, much as you can. As, like as a dynamic personality as well, or just as a good person? You! Is that, I mean, whose movie do you want to see? How about that? Who's, well, that's not a good measure either. Everybody, I always say, everybody is the star of their own movie. Mm -hmm. And so you have to always consider that when interacting <laughs> with anybody. They're looking at the world through sure. their lens, and they are the star of it, and you're just a bit player in their show. That's not a good measure, though, because some seedy characters probably would be the movie you'd most want to see. So that's not quite right either. Yeah. Just, you know, I, what, what do you, not just morality. I don't care how, I don't care about your morality. Okay. I'd rather see the Rick Pitino story than the Dan Hanzu story. That's where it differentiates point. my human decency scale in your question. Go ahead, Wes. I believe I, I lost my religion around 20 years old. I became unmoored. I have no ballast in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been an issue for me for 20 years now. It's got no ballast. And uh, I, I think that could make for an interesting story, how I've been unable to find some central force in my life. Mm -hmm. And yet no answer to my question. I would black tie watch. behind the glass. I need justice. What's Give up? me an answer. Black tie, if black tie doesn't have himself number one, <laughs> oh, this will be the upset of the Forget about it. Well, well, I mean. Are mom, you number one black tie? Uh, my mom says I'm great and she ain't never lied, so. You know. Mo Damashek says the same about her only son. That's, that doesn't make it true. That's what I'm going to roll with. I don't know. I can't judge my own Did you ever find yourself like staring at your reflection in a pond? <laughs> <laughs> number one. Black Tie has himself number one over everybody else. Yeah. Emma VP, how say you? She says, let's find out. Maybe like the 20 mark. 20th. You yeah, and I park our cars in the same garage. 20th of I'm all not, the people you know. Yeah. People. I think that's yeah. pretty good. I think that's... Yeah. I'm like 17, I, I like to think. Yeah. It's healthy. You yeah. know, you don't, don't hate yourself. I am in the top 500 of people I know. Uh, you know what? You're selling yourself short. I would rather watch... <laughs> I know a lot of great people. I would rather watch the West movie than Star Wars, by the way. Do you work, <laughs> with, <laughs> do you work with anybody that's rated ahead of you? Michael Fabiano. <laughs> <laughs> Now without, a, without a beat. 
All right. We'll talk about who's making these playoffs. Make sure you stick around for that because you know it's going to be 100% accurate. In the meantime, let's get it rolling here. Like I say, Ike, MJD, and Handsome Hank coming up. The Sheck Report. But right now, my visit with the Late Late Show host, James Corden. Wow, excellent stuff, James and Dave. What a terrific comedy duo. But you know what? That's not my home team. My home team is seated right here. Out with me here to break down what we saw in week six and also the bigger game, the game called Life. First of all, let's say hello to a guy who I thought his his faith, his confidence in the black and gold was wavering, but now he's back on board. It's Ike Taylor. What's the poop with you, fella? And some Hank. <laughs> What's the poop? That's supposed to be me, huh? Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. Hey, there this is go. exciting news, right everybody. How about a round there of applause right for this guy there right go. here? He's, he's trying not to touch him. He's, he's getting inducted into the to. De La Salle Hall of Fame this week. Congratulations to him. Thank you. I appreciate Our it. Our old pal. Thank you, guys. Maurice Jones. Drew wants to go ahead. poop. Uh, See that, that, there it is. There it goes. Boop. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Hey, when it. did you know you were going to be a big star? To be honest with you, I, I didn't know until oh, probably when I got drafted. Before that, I mean, I had coaches that even like, out of UCLA. When you went to UCLA, Pac-10, and all that, you didn't have a sense I'm I'm gonna wind up in pro football. Oh no, it wasn't. I mean, I think the only short back at the time was Sproles, and he was a third down back. So they were like, you might want to get a resume for something else. It is what it is. How about you? Because, you know, when I was playing high school basketball, there was a guy who ended up being the sixth man at Pitt, not exactly, you know, UNC of, of college basketball, but a good team. He put 40 on us in one half. I've always wondered, what must it be like to play against a guy who winds up playing pro ball? Did you know, Ike, at some point in high school, in college, oh, yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm to make it big in pro football? High school, I was like the fifth all-star. Hmm. So we had a team full of all-stars. We went both ways. We had the wing T offense. I played D-N. In high school. Wow, that's crazy. So, like, at a buck 50, I was playing DN. I didn't know probably to, like, my third year. So, my third year starting in the league, I felt like I was on the up and coming of being a superstar. How funny, you know? So, everybody seated out here right now, 15 years ago, was probably unthinkable that we'd be sitting around for a living and talking about pro football, two guys, Hall of Fame and all that sort of stuff, all those pelts on the wall, Super Bowl rings. But the rarest of all, probably, the guy who probably didn't see it coming, most of all, all the way wow, from London, England, our resident Miami Dolphins fan. Here he is, everybody. It's Handsome Hank. Don't do that. I think it's just going to Montage. You'll eventually, you'll eventually you'll get, get one, one of those songs. You keep saying that every week. I want every week. Don't, <laughs> until we get one, I, like I want to boycott. I'm always I, on don't the, you, I don't threaten. I don't like your threats. Handsome Hank, when how are you? When did I know I was going to be great? Is yeah, that when you, did you know you were? you wasn't. If, when, until until his Dave. His intro for you right. was horrible. I thank you very much, Ike, for looking out for me. <laughs> You're in time, <laughs> Handsome Hank. <laughs> Handsome, you didn't you didn't think you were destined no, I didn't. for you're, pro you're football. Right. I didn't think that was gonna happen. Well, congratulations nonetheless to, on your it. Dan Campbell led Dolphins. They yeah. look like a real football they look team like the a other real, day. Like football team that plays football. Were you cheering? I cheered. Did you see Dan almost rip off Stephen Ross's arm on that handshake? <laughs> yeah, he really did. <laughs> really? Like, 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 did that one of those that's the hand that writes the checks, man. Chill out. Yeah, Stephen Ross also changed his tune a little bit because his his first line in that was like, "Look how a physical football team can win games." Like, but you know, with emotion on the sideline. It's like you kept the guy who didn't have the emotion on the sideline. That was your your choice to make. Yeah, what a difference it makes when you have a little bit of emotion. Yeah, hey, Stephen Ross, you're the guy who brought in the other guy. Hey, all right, join the conversation, hashtag DDFP. And let's start out with this, MJD. We talked with A.J. Hawk at the end of last week, and we've got something positively grand for you coming up. Me and Hawk got together and did a little movie scene. So that's uh, that's to come. But in the meantime, you know, MJD, you know my rule, no jive. And you no. you keep it 100 as much as anybody. <laughs> as much as I can. Me, you, and I, we, 100. I like yeah, it. We like go. keeping it 100. How about Handsome Hank? You give I that I keep it 100. 
You keep it 102. Yeah, That's sounds, what I like. He sounds much better saying it. Thank you very much. I don't agree with that. I practiced a little bit. He, he had to. I keep it 100. Yeah. I keep it 100? Yeah. Okay, carry um, on. MJD, so I asked Hawk because you brought up to me. I said, you know, Hawk seems like one of the great guys in the NFL. And you said, no, no, we had a little bit of heat way back yeah, when. True? True. I asked him about that. Here was his response. Hey, our, uh, somebody who, who is in on uh, the DDFP regularly now, m- regularly is Maurice Jones-Drew. He feels like that you guys have some weird acrimony from the field. Do you know, Do you are you aware of that? He feels like he's like, yeah, I brought your name up to him recently and he said, yeah, he and I don't get along. We, we had a couple of things, you know, when we, uh, when we were playing against one another. I honestly, now that you, you bring it up, I, I didn't think about it until right now. I think years ago when I was playing down in Jacksonville against him, I think he got mad at me for thinking, I think he thought that I was like using him to, to get up off the ground. You know, refs will tell you, hey, don't use the <laughs> ground, don't push up off the running back. And that, that might have happened at one point, just I didn't even mean it. If he, I'm sorry if he uh, feels that way. No hard feelings, Maurice. I have a lot of respect for you, obviously, as a player, but I think he's great uh, on everything he's doing with NFL Network, too. So if he, uh, if he wants to, to mend, it, mend the fences or whatever you want to call it, tell him I, I'm, I'm here in my. Uh, my number is is open, and I'll answer his call any day, or I call, I'll call him. I'll, I'll reach it out to him, man. I, I love Maurice. Wow, that's great. Maybe a future guest on the Hawkcast, even. That would be a that would be a. He'd be awesome. He's a great personality, man. Do the Hawkcast? You would be terrific together. But what about that? That was very nice of him. Wasn't that was. It? You know what? I would rather him say, "You're right. I don't like him," just so we could have that going back and forth. <laughs> but, but since you know what, he like he didn't know because I was upset. I'm still upset. Well, not anymore, but I was <laughs> until a couple minutes ago about it. But, no, I appreciate it. We, we can be friends now. We did see the video, though. Was For the record, he did. I see what, what you're talking about. Like, that. Like, I'm, like my legs? I'm like, Your what are legs you doing? Your legs were twisted. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Yeah. But I appreciate that. It, no harm, no foul. He used you like a ladder. He climbed on, up stop, on your stop. legs let's, to let's get not, back. Let's not keep it going. I'm trying to be the best. I'm trying to be the best. Hey, let me see. Look, watch. Look at him. Pushing up off me. Oh, yeah. I should have kicked him. Did you ever do that? Huh? You ever do any of that? Climb up on the defensive player, uh, the offensive guy? No, I don't do none of that. No? You know what I think would be nice? <laughs> now that he's extended the olive branch, MJD, maybe yeah. you could make him a pair of pants like you made for yourself. No, I just and- bought these. Oh. I didn't make any of these. I you bought didn't these. make those pants. I don't no. know. <laughs> I bought them. Time out. My mistake. trying to clown you. My mistake. I thought they, they looked right like on. he made them. He stitched them together. No, I don't do those type of things. <laughs> All right. Let's just move on. <laughs> I thought that was nice. You see, though? Really, no, you know what? We can be friends now. We don't have to be enemies. That's what I'm let's, about. Let's do it. Let's have the, I want to have that conversation like on air. I think that would be nice. We'll get Hawk in here. Yeah, we'll, we can we'll do see. that. I can tell him you know, I appreciate it. I, did, I didn't know. You I'm know, a man I felt of like peace. He, That's what I I'm here like to he, do. You know, I felt like he wronged me You're a man by what? pushing off me. A man of peace. That's what I'm all about. I am here to make, to, to, to build <laughs> no, bridges. You're the other like, way. You start, you start <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then you like try to put it on front street and see how it works gonna, out i don't know this I don't time know. it worked you're out you're gonna get better. insurance you're gonna light the house on fire then you're gonna say i'm not insured <laughs> now then i stand then i stand back at a comfortable di- distance and enjoy the heat yeah. ah that's <laughs> exactly nice. that's nice all right let's talk about that speaking of heat and th- speaking of people not getting along on sunday handsome hank you weren't there but on nfl now game day blitz me, Ike, and MJD and the rest of the gang get together and we watch all the games together. Make sure you join us for that each week. I told you guys, I said, you watch out. This Seattle defense. You keep doing <laughs> it's coming this. closer. Yeah, the fingers yeah, it's, creeping. Right, it's the fingers. I, <laughs> I said it. I said that Seattle defense is, I get the mystique of it, but it's over now. That team keeps blowing double-digit leads. And that was in the third quarter, and you guys said, no, 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 not, not against Carolina. But sure enough, Cam brought him back. Where are we on this Legion can, of Boom can, thing? can you say exactly what I said? Go, you tell me. What I, I said Carolina has a chance to beat them. All right. You did say that. You, you agreed. But somehow, I don't know why it got acrimonious. I don't know why it was like everybody was raw with me for pointing out the obvious that they, this team because has now blown ask, a lot of double-digit leads. We in their asked last you seven. before the game who was going to win the game, and you, you said, said Seattle. Seattle. That's why we were upset. That's why we said that. But I still blame. It's not the defense. They're on the field too much in the mm-hmm. second half. I feel like it's the offense's job to stay on the field, get, let your defense rest, so these guys can go out and play fast. They're not built to go out there and play 
80 snaps a game. That's I not said, what this defense is built for. I said four-minute offense in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you did. I Co- did. Coach T always talk about that, man. Four-minute offense in the fourth quarter, it takes the wind and the air out of any defense. Well, but the other side of that coin is Denver's offense is worse than Seattle's, and, uh, and, and that defense is stealing games. Seattle's team is built – Around the defense. They're yeah. supposed to be the star, and they're supposed to shut down the other team when That's the game's true, on the line. That's true, but it's too easy at this point to lay it all at the Seahawks' door. Like, Cam Newton played an incredible game. Mm-hmm. He played incredibly well during that game. I don't he think it's, does, it's He always does, exactly. Yeah. But he played, I think, you know, as well as he's played over the last 12 months, that was his best game probably in the NFL. And so I don't think it's all. I don't think the story today should be what's wrong with the Seahawks defense or how can the Seahawks offense keep the Seahawks defense off the field. It's about how what a great game Cam Newton played. Well, that ignores though the human factor, and I. I mean, you saw it on the the Greg. No, I know, but the but Greg Olson scores that touchdown, and you can see on the replay. Maybe it's just the heat of the moment, and I don't want to make too big a deal out of it. But you see Sherman and Earl Thomas both point fingers at each other. Ike, what's that like? When, it, when things start to get sideways, isn't it plausible that this Seattle team, which has been built around, hey, us against the world and all that kind of stuff, chip on the shoulder, we were low-round draft picks and everything else, can't that get fractured? Is this thing that they're 2-4 and four now? It can, but I, miscommunication. Yep. That's all Coach LeBeau talks about. The more you communicate, communicate the more everybody's going to be on the same page. From what I see from just a distance, it was a miscommunication between – um, the secondary, mm-hmm. point blank period, and it was at the wrong time. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure they probably had a few of them times throughout the game where everything was miscommunicated, but at that time wasn't the right time to be miscommunicating. So they two and four, but I promise you they're going to be ready for the postseason. Please don't sleep on these guys. Ah, wow. MJD, how about it? And Handsome Hank, are they going to the postseason in an NFC as a reminder? Carolina and Atlanta now, one of those two teams looks like they're getting a wild card. Minnesota's three and two. The Rams are two and three, but they have a tiebreaker head to head right now against Seattle. The, you know, Eagles and Giants and Cowboys are all in there. I don't think it's a given that they're going that's, to the playoffs. That's my whole point. The division is weak. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm trying to yeah. say. The division is real weak, and they still have a grand opportunity to make this postseason, and I think they will. MJD? I think they're going to make it. I think right now, though, we talked about in the green room just a minute ago, all these guys have gotten paid, and now these mistakes are starting to show up. Mm. So is that hunger still there? I don't know. You know know better than me. Is that a legitimate thing? It goes away? I'm just saying. So my mindset was as soon as I signed my second contract, the ink didn't dry on that. It's time for me to try to get my third contract. Everybody contract isn't like that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to say it's disappointing, but them guys having success – kind of early, man, I'm looking for my third contract. I'm trying to get the most out of the NFL because I know the NFL is going to try to get the most out of me. So that's my mindset. So if we got a good defense, why not have a good defense for the duration of the time we playing in the NFL? Let's not lapse. You know what I'm saying? So you might got to take some of the pieces to the puzzle and screw it up a little bit. Screw it up mean like some changes might Coach Pete Carroll, he might have to make a statement to to, to mm-hmm. one of these top name players on the defense just to set the tone. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's no more wiggle room for mistakes. They can't no, slip right. up now. You're two and four. You got to really go on a real roll. And, Do they get their hands? Well, and they've got to play on Thursday night this week. So they've got a game against the 49ers, which is who suddenly started playing pretty well in the yep. last couple of weeks. It's not a, definitely not a given that they'll beat the 49ers, especially on a on a short week. Think about that. So brass tacks, playoffs or no for the Seahawks? I think they will. I think they will in the end. But they got to get they, they, they it has to start today. It's not they don't have time to to lose I anymore. Hear you, Hank. You, you, it has to start today. You know what I like about the Seahawks? That's today. right. They they still have their brotherhood. Mm-hmm. It, what you what you saw with that miscommunication was passion. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So brothers are gonna fight because we did it all, often between me, Ryan Clark, and Troy. We didn't get along for a couple of plays because it might some plays might have been miscommunicated. But, man, we got over that. We talked about it on the sideline. We t- t- time comes one day, we corrected it, and we're back to normal. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I do still see that passion. I just look at it when Cam was holding out how 100% those guys on that team had his back. True enough. All right, Cam Newton, though, like you say, you can't sleep on his presence in that game, how dynamite he was. 
We talked about a couple weeks ago. I still say he is the MVP. In fact, he looks even better for that. Anybody, any other name right now you'd put ahead of him in the MVP race, MJD? Tom Brady. That's about it. All right. Well, you know what, though? Ike gave Rob Gronkowski, who's better than anybody out on the field, with, uh, with Cam Newton, a great nickname. What is it? I call, I, him, I call him unfair. Cause <laughs> I love that. It's, it's, it's unfair to everybody who has to, to, to match up or every defense coordinator who got to worry about Gronk. They're already worrying about Tom, as mm-hmm. is. Now you're worrying about another mismatch, which is Deion Lewis. Now we got this grown man called Gronkowski. I call him unfair because it's totally unfair how this man just be handling guys on the field. Handsome. Is unfair Gronkowski the greatest tight end you've ever seen? Easily. Easily. Yeah, I oh, agree with you. Wow. Really? That's very disrespectful. Oh, no. Very disrespectful. Very disrespectful. Tony, Gonzalez, Tony Gonzalez, me, please. Tony Gonzalez, Gates. Handsome. Hank. Gates has scored Holy 100 touchdowns. Moly. I get that, but Gronk's going to surpass all those guys. How? He has to stay healthy. He got the first season he's been healthy. For, and look what he's doing. To this point. And look what he's doing. Look what he's doing when he's not healthy, and look what he's doing now think, when he I is think, healthy. I think he's over that uh, Miami win hangover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, no he stayed out a little too late last yeah, night. Uh, I hear exactly. you. Here's what yeah. I'll say, though, about Gronkowski, because I've, I've referenced this many times. Remember last September when everybody said, oh, the Patriots are finished. This dynasty is dead. That's because Rob Gronkowski was far less than 100%. As soon as he got up to speed, that team has never looked back. And you, we Wait, get a, last a, night, they I shut got, him out I, in the I, first half. Hold on, wait. Then, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to disagree with that. When LeGarrette Blunt came back, that team started moving at the end of the year. Remember that. They didn't have a run game. They couldn't run the ball. And they were, like, eking out some games, losing some games. They were a little iffy. Then LeGarrette Blunt leaves Pittsburgh, goes to New England. All of a sudden, they go on a run. They can run the ball. Hey, you know what? Uh, that leads us nicely into our next subject here, something that uh, you brought up last week, MJD. I always think about guys in the zone. I always think about Michael Jordan against the Trailblazers and what was that, 92, 93? Definitely. Making those threes and he shrugs at the at, at Magic Johnson like, I, I don't know I, what's I going on. I can't even help myself. I can't miss. And then I started to associate that with QBs. But you say running backs can find themselves in Definitely. a zone where they can do no wrong. Run through us real quick. Who do you got in a zone right now? Uh, Freeman. Devontae Freeman's one. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley. Matt Forte. Um... Le'Veon's in the zone. I feel like Arian Foster is getting into his zone slowly but surely. And that team, in in that division, you know, they can – the Colts have looked fine but not great. I still say the Texans can go in and steal that division. Oh, no, definitely. With Arian Foster healthy. With Arian Foster and the way Hoyer's playing, yes. If he can continue to play like he played last week against the Jaguars, yes. Here's a look. No. That Chris, the, Ivory. Uh, Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory is in the Ivory. is in the zone. Chris I, Ivory. I've been talking about Ivory for uh, five. I think he's been more in the zone. He split time last year with uh, CK. Um, CK with Chris Johnson last year with the Jets. But now he has that whole workload. Mm-hmm. Don't nobody want to get in front of this guy. Yeah, right he there, he looks for contact. Uh, That's yes. something. I'm, Let I'm, me I'm, run through it. It's one Devonta Freeman, two Todd Gurley, three Matt Forte. Four Lev Bell and five Chris Ivory. Sorry, MJD. and I, I want to throw some honorable mentions in there. Yeah, Go ahead. I mean, just like I said, Arian Foster. I think um, Shady McCoy, but they have to get back because Shady McCoy was in the zone. First time he touches the ball on Sunday, he yeah. goes for forty. Yeah, that's the yeah. zone. That's when you, when you touch the ball and things like that tend to happen. That's what happens. But what Freeman's doing right now? Slow motion, man to man in the matrix. He took that blue pill. It's <laughs> <laughs> real. Which one it. you want? Yeah, red or it. blue? He took it. He's like, I'll take the blue one. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, he has been terrific, and uh, and that's why I feel like that's one of the reasons why the Seahawks are in trouble to bring it full circle because the Falcons aren't going anywhere with that, with that ground game and Cam Newton playing like that and that defense. That's one of your two wild cards, and if we assume the Cardinals are going to win the division, which is a big if, it's but if they don't, do. Don't get it twisted. Now yeah, there's only one spot left for the Seahawks to Shit, get. Don't get it twisted. They, they still, Marshawn Lynch is still beast mode. You know what I'm saying? And once he get rolling, I'm still going to take him over Freeman any day in America. Do we not see Keekly make a business decision on the goal line? A business decision on that goal line. I got to fill this hole, but... (laughs) No, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I was just playing. Speaking of of honor roll, somebody who's eating too many rolls is uh, Eddie Lacy. Lacy. He's he's getting a little bit heavy set there. I said, 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 Eddie looked like Mm -hmm. 270. Yeah, a little bit too big, huh? He looked you see what Stark's doing? Like when MJD arrived in the summer, and now he's slimmed down a little oh, bit. Oh, wow. All right. 
Hey, uh, we got to. Hey, hey, hold on, hold on. We're we going to let that slide. I didn't even so hear you're it. Just gonna I, tell, you're just going to tell. I said you're looking to, good now. But you're going to tell the folks my business. See, that's I don't what I'm know saying, your Chuck. business. I, just, I, 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 I was just guessing him, at man. it. We're done. Uh, <laughs> no more Hank, man. He's telling personal oh, business. I don't know. What? Listen, you can't MJ, tell me you like to give it out, though, right? You don't talk about nobody's personal business <laughs> I, on there, no man. That's personal business. This is on the air. This is this is live. <laughs> we did videos in the summer. No, People man. can see. No, no, no. I think I happen to think you look great. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I mean, that's what I just said as well. I don't know about the pants you made, but I do think that uh, I think that what God made is fine. You know. It's okay. What MJD made to wear. I'm about to boycott you. Hey, Rhoda, real quick. Come here, Rhoda, the stage manager. She joined us last week. There were some raw feelings there. Because MJD, you you were second. (laughs) Handsome Hank was the most handsome on the set. But see, you did pretty well by Rhoda. Ike was fourth. Hey, read for us now, if you would, Rhoda. Who is the most handsome quarterback in the NFL? I'll give you some names. Cam Newton, Superman. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a statuesque fella, you know? He's a statuesque. charisma, Superman, all that stuff. There's Tom Brady. Yes. There's Tom Brady's backup, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. There's Aaron Rodgers. The Manning brothers. What about those the Red Rifle? Guys. The Manning brothers. Go ahead. Rank those names for us there. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, number one. I'm with her. Cam Mr. Newton. Uggs. Garoppolo. Or Garoppolo. You said Garoppolo, right. yeah. And then, uh, very handsome. San Francisco, Kaepernick. What? Kaepernick? No, no, wow. no. I don't understand. I didn't see that coming. That, MJD, that a, do you agree with that list? I don't judge men. Yeah, so, you can judge. You no, can judge. Cool. You can be secure with yourself. You, you, we in the locker room, do? keep it eye level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah, we don't yeah, do yeah. no judgment. I, I mean, if, I, if I'm going to really go out there like that, I'm, I'm going to have to put myself number one because I did throw two passes. Oh, okay. So, That's so. fair. And then after that, I don't care. See, somebody's self-esteem remains intact, and I'm glad to see that. Even though Hank tried senseless to... attacks, from right? Hands exactly. I, I, I think you got to... it twisted. I was saying you look great now. You look even That's better like than ever. What did it look like That's in July? Like... Hmm? What did he look like in July? He goes, he goes like this. Eddie Lacy. He like this. <laughs> no, I wasn't close to Eddie Lacy, brother. MJD. MJD's getting a little upset, handsome man. That's one thing. My weight. I, I don't like that. Sorry, MJD. Why do you have to make himself a new pair of pants? <laughs> <laughs> hey, get him off you. It's okay. This hey, is y'all must stop talking about my dog like that. <laughs> you know how to make a moo-moo? <laughs> See? See? That was unnecessary. I don't know why yeah, that happened. Hey, we're, talk- <laughs> we're talking but about... But he acting like he don't do nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all like right. He's stirred up. He just keeps poking yeah. the air. I'm a man of peace. I'm trying to bring <laughs> us all together. <laughs> I'm bringing oh, us together through laughing. <laughs> right. Laughter's a medicine that right. heals all wounds. Don't right. you know that? <laughs> right. Wow, you've done it again, Dave. Great stuff. What was your favorite part? The whole thing was just a home run. Yeah, you yeah, think so? I Thank can't, you. I can't. Loved it from start to finish. Thank you. I might even crack my own top 20 with that, uh, with that kind of <laughs> effort there. Hey, let's talk about the AFC now. Back with Dan Hanzoos and Chris Wessling in Studio 66. And, you know, like I started the show with uh, Dan Hanzoos, you're feeling good, I can tell. Here in October, it's not just the... Uh, the more slim down Dan Hansus that you're feeling good about either. And don't think I haven't noticed that. You know what? I don't care. I'm secure with myself. Did you hear Maurice Jones-Drew out there? Who's the most handsome QB? I don't know. How would I know? Like, I think you know Maurice. Enough Jones-Drew. with it. You know, listen, pro athletes, enough of that. You could say another man is attractive. I'm That's with right. MGD on this. I just don't, I can't tell. I, there are guys, I agree. I can't tell with some guys, that, that, but I can tell that Tom Brady is handsome. I can I, tell you when a guy's ugly. I just can't tell yes. you when he's really attractive. There are guys, like here's my, my, my best example is, I know Brad Pitt is handsome, I, but I, the guy who I don't know, Kevin Bacon. I, women, he at one point considered him a sex symbol, and that dropped my jaw when I found out, oh, here's another one, the lead singer of Maroon 5, Adam Levine, sex symbol. Above, I mean, but universally loved by women. And I would never look at that guy and a think, certain, like, oh, yeah. A certain type of woman likes Ben that Affleck woman. always threw me off. So many women love that guy, and I could never figure out yeah, I can out see why the Affleck one. Guy. Matt Damon, though, I don't see that one. Yeah, see, Damon's a little trickier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Affleck, he's got the jawline, and he's, got the, he's like the classic Hollywood star. Damon is a little bit more of a scrapper. 
You know what's funny? I've, I've said this many times before. I'm going to say it again to you now. Here's what distinguishes those leading men in show business from, from the rest of us. Is I've been, you know, you've lived in Hollywood long enough. Have you seen some famous starlets out and about? Sure. Sometimes when you do, they're less attractive in person. You think, oh my, that's her. Wow, I would have expected her to be, you know, uh, Aphrodite from from uh, mythology. But instead, she's just a plain Jane. And then you see some plain Janes on film, and you see them in person, and you say, wow, stunning. So there's a great uh, a great variety with that. Now with men, every time you see these A-list men. Clooney, Cruz, Ham, any of them, they're all they're all handsome devils. <laughs> Why? Because they have that impossible jawline. Yeah. They all have this like Fair. super severe jawline, and it's really pronounced when you see it in person and you swoon. I don't care who you are. I swooned when I saw Cam Newton in person. Tom Brady as well. Jimmy Garoppolo, Emma VP, uh, who's the most Tom handsome. Tom Brady is a little Jimmy no, Tom Brady's the gold. He's standard. a little synthetic. How do you feel about Brady Quinn though? Brady Quinn's handsome. Yeah. I've like, I mean, I'm I'm with Dan and Wes on this. I've, well, there are a few guys you got to admit, they're, they're good looking dudes. I'll tell. Oh, you know who everybody was gaga for? The ladies all went wild for a month or two ago when he came here. David Carr, the former Houston Texans QB, and I, I really, I, it looks like Crispin Glover. I had no idea about that. Emma VP. Like, He's a, David Carr, Carr, handsome devil, huh? <clears throat> Black tie. You can hand the headphones off there. We don't need your input on who's the most. handsome How do you feel QB. about Idris Elba? Idris Elba? I wouldn't know that except Don't that answer I, it. It's a trick question because he, he thinks he looks like him. Oh, ah, no. is that right? No, Stringer Bell is one of the few guys I can tell as a handsome dude, and you don't look anything like him. I, I, I don't look like Idris Elba. I get it, though. I don't think he's handsome per se, but I get like... Idris Elba is... Uh, women like him because he has the accent. That's the same thing handsome Well, he's like 6'3 and built like a Hulk. I don't know, but I'd walk by him. I would never know that he was considered a handsome man. Mm. On this subject, Tom Brady is an inside job. That's my website. I'm going to start. Look at pictures of him in 2000, and look now. It is not even the same person. Whoa. That's all I'm going to say. Charges of... That's all I'm going to say. I think I know what you're getting at. Leave it right there. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, Tom Brady and his team, they look likely to take the AFC East, and I think... A week or two ago, the the world sort of kissed them into the number one seed or, at worst, number two seed in the AFC. But Hanzoos' jets are lurking there. Before we hear from him, let's go to to Chris Wessling here. What about that? Are we going to put the jets not only into the playoffs, but do they have a real shot at taking this division? Well, is Tom Tom Brady injured? He is not. Okay, then no. Okay. No, the Patriots are going to win the division if if Gronk and Brady are healthy. I don't see anybody knocking them off. The Jets, I agree with Dan, are a very good football team. They are the strongest wildcard contender in the AFC. How say you, Hanzus? Do you have any hopes for your Jets to take them down this week and going forward? They could. They could win this weekend. But I, my, my um, narrative that I'm pushing this week are the Jets are good. Mm-hmm. They're good. They're, they're not beating anybody that's good so far, and they might not beat the Patriots in New England, but I think they'll put up a fight. The problem is that the Jets are good. The Patriots are great. Unless Tom Brady gets hurt or something happens uh, that we cannot foresee, I think the Jets are a 10-11 win team and the Patriots are a 13-15 win team. We'll dig into the game picks as will the Around the NFL show as the week progresses here, but that was, that was too loosey-goosey an answer. Do you think the Jets have a chance to win this weekend? Yes, absolutely. Even when they were bad last year, the Patriots would could barely beat them. The Jets play the Pats pretty well. They don't beat them a lot, but they play them well. Now it's a this is a team that is, I think, well suited to go against that Patriots offense. We'll see what happens. Well, we know. I mean, this is uh, you know pretty broad sort of uh, point to try to make here. But you know, you look at the New York Giants that beat them in those two Super Bowls. What did they have going for them? A nasty physical pass rush, and that's exactly what the Jets are going to throw at them. Are but- we sure? Well, I, mean, I like the pieces. Doesn't their pass rush come from blitzers, like linebackers and cornerbacks? They don't, they're not a, a stat compiler in the sack category, but they put pressure on quarterbacks. And I think with Sheldon Richardson now in week two, the thing, by the way, whisper it is, I'm surprised Sheldon Richardson is playing football right now. I'm surprised that I he hasn't too. been on the shelf. It's all, I think there, it all goes by, back by to others. how the, as bad as that looked when the news came out that he's drag racing with a little child in the car and, I don't know, was there uh, weed smoke or something else was going on? But the charge itself ended up being very minimal, which I think, uh, you know, tamped things down a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Also surprised Alden Smith is playing in the East Bay right now, given the just the track yeah. record of the last few years and the way uh, these that what players hair do wells get put on the shelf. It's Sheldon Richardson's story sounds like a Vin Diesel movie. <laughs> it's like he's in charge of watching a kid for a week and he decides just to go drag just watch Just watch Star Wars, Sheldon, then you won't have these problems. Don't there bother with the the Fast and the Furious nonsense. Hey, Hanzus, the thing that obviously could undo your Jets, nice little run here. Ryan Fitzpatrick, smoke and mirrors, are you buying this for the duration of the season? I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure him out still. He's When he's playing within himself, he's exactly uh, what they need right now or the best thing they can have better than Geno Smith. But he always is. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to New England and then started to play outside himself and threw three interceptions. So I don't trust him. But he's done, out of five games, three of those games, he's been really good. He's had two not-so-good games. But he's everything they could have asked for. I, I, when you think about what happened in August with the punch mm-hmm. and Geno Smith and the Jets were a laughing stock again, that Fitzpatrick was in the building, first credit to Mike McCagnan and company for getting him as the backup, that he was able to come in, instantly be comfortable in the offense, get the respect of the team. That saved their season, and that can't be uh, overstated. I thought that they were in trouble because of that Geno Smith stuff and the way the the response from the locker room over the next 72 hours. It was awful. I red flagged it because we have seen over the last few years a bunch of coordinators make the jump to head man, and I thought in New York City, Todd Bowles is a soft-spoken guy, and he might be dominant in building a good defense in Arizona, but that doesn't necessarily equal success in the Big Apple, running the whole show there. I thought this he's going to get overwhelmed, and instead it was the Dolphins who went south, and uh, and kudos to Bowles and company as well. I still don't know if, about Fitzpatrick, though. I mean, five games in, that's fine. He had a Bills. He did that with Bills and Chan Gailey five or six years ago. I don't know that in November this that he's going to still be yesterday? the guy. He's on pace for 34 touchdowns? He's on pace for 29 touchdowns. 29? I said after week one I'd rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick than Peyton Manning. Hmm. I it, I thought that was bold at the time. It doesn't seem so bold right now. Well, I mean, we're debating Brian Hoyer or Peyton Manning. It's a, it's uh, it's valid, and I guess Fitzpatrick equals Brian Hoyer equals Josh McCown and so on. All right, let's talk about some other teams. Let's see if the playoffs ended today, and, and, and they're not going to end today, and I hate that phrase, <laughs> if the playoffs ended today, because there is no grand plan. I think we would have heard about it in the NFL newsroom if there were. But nonetheless, wait, that's NFC playoff picture we're You'll seeing blow here. It. That's not right. We're not to that one just yet. We had the AFC playoff picture earlier. I'd like to see it again, though, so we can review it. At number one right now, you have the Bengals in the top spot. Why would the Bengals be and the Broncos be over the Patriots right now? One more Oh, because the Patriots had their bye already. Colts in at number four. They lead the sorry AFC South. And probably are going to end up in that spot. You can probably lock that one in that the Colts are your four seed. They're not going to overcome any of the three teams ahead of them. Jets right now is your five seed. Steelers as your six seed. And because there's just really not much other competition in there, who is going to overcome either the Jets or the Steelers? Make a case as best you can, though, Hanzoos. Who has a chance to sneak into this playoff? The only team I really like even a little bit, other than the Jets and Steelers for the wild card, uh, would be the Bills. I agree with and that. And that would be if Tyrod Taylor's healthy and they're not messing things up in the front office with that. I think they have a chance. I think the Jets, as we've seen year after year over the decades, could collapse down the stretch. You never know, and the Bills could slip in. I think the Steelers are a lock, but I think that one I'd, spot, the Jets and Bills will fight for it. I don't think Pittsburgh's a lock because they've now lost two-fifths of their offensive line. It doesn't sound like Marquise Pouncey is coming back. They're you know, optimistic sorts in that building think that he might return at the very end of the regular season. But uh, things will be settled by that point, you figure, I think, for the regular season. I think you can just lock in that top six. The Did Bills. Really? Look at the Bills this week. They've got Tyrod Taylor's mm-hmm. going to be out. Percy Harvin's not making a trip to London. Sammy Watkins is on crutches. Kyle Williams, one of the best defensive tackles in the league, is out for multiple weeks. Their defensive players are grumbling about Rex Ryan's system. They've only had nine sacks this year. They're supposed to be a great defense. I just don't think they're that great of a team. It is baffling that that, uh, that that defense isn't generating more heat on the QB. You've got, you've got people in that organization leaking reports that E.J. Manuel could push Tyrod Taylor for the starting job, which is a huge head-scratcher to me. I, you're undermining your starting quarterback's leadership. 
Yeah, I think, uh, but to, to, to the point about uh, Pittsburgh, the only reason they'd be a lock is because the AFC East trio, and I'm not including the Patriots in this, but maybe that's a little premature to just assume that the Patriots, because they're playing well right now, remember the last time they came out with a seasonal chip on their shoulder. We're going to show you, world, for the Spygate thing. They rolled and they almost went undefeated, but remember the second half of the season, they were pretty mortal and they snuck by some games. Maybe it's going to be the same thing, that, uh, that they're going to come back to the pack. And they were a house on fire the first few weeks. They went bank on it. They didn't look great against the Colts. They won 18 of their ni- last 19 I games. Know. If you exclude right. the season finale, they benched their starters last year. I'm looking They're for a glimmer of hope. You're a generally pessimistic Steelers fan, I find. True. And But I think once this team gets – well, their line's not going to be healthy all year, but once Ben's back – I think they're going to win 11 yeah, games. Yeah, well, go back through their schedule, though. Look at what they have upcoming. There aren't. It's hard to conjure the six wins that are going to get them to 10 wins on the season. You're on the double back, and you've yeah. got a defense that is right. head and shoulders better than people thought they would be. They're going to have to. They're going to have to go three and two the rest of the way against the division in all likelihood to get to double digit wins. That's all I'm they saying. But I five and zero. Oh. I think the Bills. You know what? I hate to say this, but I legitimately I think the Bills are going to get past the the Jets. Whatever, bro. I'm sorry to say that. Let's move on to the NFC now and Black Tie's favorite team. Ever since Black Tie officially embraced the Seattle Seahawks, it's been nothing but doom and gloom. It is really true. You cursed what happens to bandwagon jumpers. I hope you're happy with yourself. Let's take a look (laughs) at if the season ended today. This is the one who encouraged me to really, like, embrace the fact that I'm a (laughs) long-suffering Seahawks fan, TD. We just went through the uh, the troubles of the Seahawks with that defense. And again, the premise isn't we can't change the argument. It's it's fascinating. The the comparison that I that I made 20 minutes ago and I'll make uh, to you two right now is the Broncos offense is rubbish and yet that team is still undefeated. So the Seahawks don't really have any wiggle rooms. Like, well, listen, they have Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson's got to come through. They have to figure out how to spin the clock a little bit better when they have a lead. That's not the story of this team. The story of this team is that they have a lot of rich guys playing defense now. The defense is supposed to be the best in the NFL. They're two and four. They're nowhere on the board for the NFC playoff picture right now. Do we think Chris Wessling on December 31st or thereabouts, I forget what date the season ends, but roughly around New Year's Eve, will the Seahawks be in the playoff picture? I do. I think they'll be a wild card team. I think the Cardinals are the best team in the NFC. Uh, Seahawks, though, I think they're fine. You know, all the doom and gloom you're talking about, they still have one of the best rosters and one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. Russell Wilson played great against the Panthers. I just watched that game this morning. Phenomenal. He played great. Marshawn Lynch is back. They're going to be fine. Hanzoos, I'll say you. Who are they going to best to get into the playoffs if you think they are going to get there? I think they're going to get in the playoffs, and I think it's it, there are bad vibes around Seattle this year. It's hard to say there isn't, but... There's too much talent there. There's too much uh, experience. I think eventually they'll get it going. And, you know, who, who's in the back end of this wild card chase? Are the, the Vikings are going to beat out? Well, that's what Seattle you're talking Seahawks? about. I don't buy it. What you're talking about is the back end of it because legitimately, and as we go through it, Cardinals are your, well, the Cardinals will right now be your two seed because, the, well, no, they're your three seed, I should say, because at number one, you have the Packers, and number two, you have the Panthers. And you know that one of those two wild cards, or you can feel fairly secure in saying that the Falcons are going to get one of those two. So really, if the Seahawks can't catch the Cardinals, and if they are in fact good, basically if the Cardinals beat the Seahawks once head-to-head, I feel like that's going to be a pretty hard thing for the Seahawks to make up that ground. Plus, they do have a loss to the Rams. It's not done for that the that the Rams aren't going to... I mean, they again, right now... These Seahawks are 0-2 in the division. That's bad. I mean, that that ends up mattering come December. I can't put a team in the playoffs when their starting quarterback has as many touchdowns as Johnny Manziel. That would be <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. Sorry, Vikings. Fair. So then are we then excluding I bash the NFC East, but I could also see the Giants. Maybe Des Bryant comes back to the Cowboys and maybe they can figure things out. The Basically, like I said with Pittsburgh, that the AFC East trio of the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills needs to beat each other up to secure a playoff spot for a team in another division. Maybe that's what gets the Seahawks in there is that the East no one's that good, and they're just going to basically I, cancel each other out. I think we're still. I think we're we're panicking on the Seahawks right now. I know that was a bad loss on Sunday, but I think they have a six-game winning streak in them, and and I wouldn't say the division's out of the question. They they're capable of running off ten in a row at any yeah. time. 
Who's going to win the NFC South, fellas, when it's all said and done? Let's go with the Panthers. i got to give the Panthers a respect. I, I think a, a lot of people have been thinking that the Panthers are a team that we shouldn't take seriously. I, I loved what they did in Seattle, even though the Seahawks aren't right right now. I now am taking the Panthers seriously. Congrats, guys. I know it means a lot. I'm, I'm asking you now. Give me your top three MVP candidates right now. Hmm. Let's go Brady, Dalton, Rodgers. One, two, three. That's outrageous. Chris Wesley. I go the same three, but in a different order. Who's number one? Rodgers, then Brady, then Dalton. No, not number one. Number one doesn't make either of your lists. He's not top three. Look, I know you have a Cam Newton fetish, but he hasn't even played that great. It's a sick fetish. It's a sick fetish. He's, he's, uh, he's undefeated. He's, he's the only other guy who has no, any. Rodgers, Dalton, and Brady. Philly Brown and Ted Ginn are, are his starting wide receivers. Jericho Cotteries is number Rogers three. Aaron Rodgers was throwing to Jared Aberderis and Justin Perillo on Sunday. Right. Oh, who? I, I'll hear you on the on the Rodgers Wait, one. Wait, Rodgers is your favorite player. Rob, I love, of course. I think Aaron Rodgers goes down as the greatest quarterback of Look, all time. I I'm talking about right Cam now. I can't give Newton credit for beating the Buccaneers four times in a row to start the season. <laughs> <laughs> he just went into the clink. Yes. And that's great. He deserves a lot of credit for that huge win, but I can't give an MVP based on one this game. This Cam Newton I'm not. He's 6-0. Perversion, Dave. <laughs> why, it's very weird. Why so down on Cam Newton? It's peculiar that you think he's like the most no, valuable player. He's number in the four NFL. on my list. It's not like I think he's a bum or something. It's just, you know, there's a lot of great quarterback players. Right I thought now. you might put Julio Jones ahead of. Uh, uh, Maybe after week three, I would have, but, you know, come on. Cam Newton, here's the thing. Let me just explain to you. You say it's a perversion. And I feel like I know you're kidding, but the but the sentiment that a lot of people have is it's ugly. The Panthers just win ugly. When you watch the Panthers, it's just it's not pleasurable to look at. Rodgers is crisp, and he is exciting to watch. Tom Brady and that offense, it's, it's not fun to watch the Panthers' offense go. Yes, they're direct snapping it to a guy who might run. I mean, it's it's Brendan Frazier in school ties is exactly what it is. It's from 1955 kind of football. I'm, this, it's all on one. One is either going to run with it or he's going to try to throw it, but it's going to require that he makes a singular play in order for us to score. No other QB is tasked with that much responsibility, and he's 6-0. and If they keep this up and they go 13-3, and all right, I'm, he'll be in my top three. But I'm, as much as I'm respecting him, I, I, I still don't, I'm not over the moon that they're going to be a dominant team all season. All right, but the running, I mean, nobody does like that. I don't even think he's been a top four quarterback this year. I, I, I just, I, I get that if you're basing it on precision and those sorts of measures and people look. No, based on like how well has this guy played all his whole game. And he's still not a great passer. I mean, he's passed better this year, but I, I would, I think Carson Palmer's had a better year than Cam Newton. All right. I mean, I hear you, but again, the weapons that Carson Palmer has versus what Cam Newton doesn't have out there. I think Cam Newton has, is playing great. I think it's peculiar to have him as an MVP. When people measure statistics, I don't know how Perverted you can. Even. I don't even Perverted know how even. you can evaluate. It's sort of like trying to evaluate a Big Eight Oklahoma team versus the U back in, like I say, 1987 or something. Jamel Holloway versus Vinny Testaverde in completely different situations can't be compared at all. Cam Newton is running with the ball. Tom Brady ain't taking off with the ball ever. There are no designed runs for Brady in that offense, and he is succeeding, number one is. You just, given took, the, you just took us into the woods with that college talk. I know you yeah, don't what's like that? college football. I know you don't care about it. All right, listen, I care about the both of you. I care about everybody on the Around the NFL show because it's tremendous, and make sure you tune in. I'm a front runner, and so I pile on. On the Sunday night one in particular, don't miss that one, but, of course, three times a week. What days are those uh, again? You got the Sunday night show, Tuesday show, and a late Thursday, post-Thursday night football show up early Friday. And then, of course, seven days a week, all the pro football news, always delivered with a bit of mirth in there. Dan Hanzoos with the great uh, end around. Some call it the best written piece (laughs) in all of NFL media. Chris Wessling, does that hurt your feelings? Not at all. I I agree with it. Do you? It has a vanity URL now, NFL.com slash end around. Would you like to promote anything, Chris Wessling? I have a top 10 list every week. I've got Comeback Player of the Year candidates will be up tonight, Tuesday night, and you can read it Wednesday morning as and, well. And Wes's what next a, what gen... What shill for himself. His next gen stats piece is another <laughs> weekly banger. Um, do you think you're going to heaven, Hanzoos? Yes. Do you think you're going to heaven, Chris Wessling? I don't think there's a heaven. 
I'm with Chris Wesley. He gets the answer right. <laughs> Is this the Atheist podcast? That's right. Hey, uh, Ike Taylor loves the Joker. I'm going to reenact that as we go away here. We'll be back with another podcast, including our game picks here. Oh, and a very special treat for film enthusiasts. I don't like this. Per AJ Hawk and I. Remember what the Joker does? <laughs> yeah, I saw does this movie. In the Dark Knight. He takes the guy, get ready, hands it. Here it comes. Find out more on the next DDFP. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.